In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, today in the calendar of the Chaldean Catholic Church, it is the Feast of the Transfiguration, this very well-known scene that we see in the Gospel today, where Jesus takes a few of his disciples, and something miraculous happens in front of them. He basically turns as bright as the sun and shines before them, clearly proving the fact that this is not just any man, but it's God himself in the flesh, and also giving them a preview of what kind of glory is awaiting him and his mission that he's going to fulfill throughout the gospel. I think a question that we don't usually ask when it comes to the transfiguration, why Peter and James and John? Why those three? Why are those three in the inner circle? And I think it would help to understand how to answer that question if we look at their background a little bit. It just so happens that all three of them had a misunderstanding of what kind of glory Jesus was going to have through his mission of being a Messiah, his mission of being this anointed king that was going to redeem Israel. A king obviously has some sort of glory associated with his job, with his kingship. What kind of glory is Jesus there to show them? And also, what is he telling us about the same thing today in the gospel? So James and John, we know elsewhere in the gospel, were throne seekers. They were seeking to sit at Jesus' right and left. And he asked them when they showed that desire, are you ready to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? Are you ready to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Clearly referring to his passion. Clearly referring to his test what he really was going to have to go through for that salvation, for that glory, that he was going to show himself and offer his disciples to share in with him. So he's telling them, sure, there is some kind of glory in this kingdom, but are you ready to really accept it? Are you ready to accept it on the terms of the kingdom itself, of the king himself, which is to go through the cross? Peter, just in the previous chapter, of Matthew's Gospel profoundly professes his faith in Christ. Jesus is asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter confesses that you are Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the correct answer. And Jesus lets him know that he only knows that because he understands somewhat the depth of the love between the Father and the Son. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit to be able to say something that profound that others cannot see. But even though Peter sees more than others, he still falls short in, what, in seeing what Christ has to do to show that he is the Messiah, to be the Messiah, to offer Israel the redemption that it needs. So then, after Peter proclaims that, Jesus predicts his passion. Jesus lets the disciples know, there's going to come a time, very soon, when I will be handed over to the scribes and to the Pharisees to be judged and to be condemned to death. And then Peter gets anxious. Peter gets worried. Peter is shocked. How can this teacher, how can this dear friend of mine just be betrayed over to the hands of sinners to die innocently? And so he says, no, Lord. He objects to it. And then Jesus says something also very shocking to him. 
He says to him in the English translation, get behind me, Satan. Now it's a strange thing for Jesus to say to his, the head of his uh, disciples. Now, if you look at the Greek translation, it doesn't sound that harsh and actually reveals what the meaning of that phrase is. To use Satan in that sentence is to refer to the fact that Jesus is not going to take any shortcuts. It's of Satan to want glory without what glory takes, which is the way of the cross. So get behind me is a way of Jesus telling Peter, literally, get behind me physically and follow me. Follow me to the glory that I'm going to show you on the cross, the glory that's displayed through humility, the glory that is displayed when divinity empties, empties itself to take on humanity and then to die innocently. Follow me and learn how to do that. That is glory, and that's the example you're called to follow. So brothers and sisters, that's what Christian glory looks like. James, John, Peter, you and I, maybe we'll understand something about Christianity, but we can't let ourselves become hard-hearted. We can't let ourselves see it blindly. We can't let ourselves see it narrowly, what Christian glory is. Jesus transfigures on this mountain. He, like I said, becomes bright, white as light, Showing his, showing his divinity, showing a glimpse of the glory that he has to his disciples. And then Moses and Elijah appear. And they talk, in Luke's account, they talk about his exodus that he was going to make at Jerusalem. Which, guess what that means? The cross. Moses and Elijah are there. The law and the prophets are there. The, represent, the representatives of the entire Old Testament are there, pointing to the whole reason the Old Testament occurred, which is so that God could take on flesh, empty himself, take the form of a servant, and die on the cross for the sake of mankind's salvation. So what does that say about Christian glory? Christianity entails descending from the hope of the Mount of Transfiguration to prepare for the sacrifice of the mountain of Golgotha. So in this gospel passage, brothers and sisters, we're meant to connect what happens on both mountaintops. There's so much peace, happiness, hope when this is happening. This guy that we're following, this guy that we're, that's teaching us is not just a teacher, but he is the Messiah. He's God's anointed Messiah. And there's happiness to take in that. There's hope to have in that, especially in what they physically see. But we can't stay there. That's not all there is. That's not accomplished just like that. Jesus shows them a preview of it so they have some hope, so they have some faith when he is being scourged, when he's being kicked and mocked and beat up. And while his blood is being shed on the cross innocently, He's showing them that glory so they can have some hope while all that is happening, that that is not the end. Notice for us to kind of imitate some kind of practical thing to take away from this gospel passage today. The light that Jesus shines forth, it's not reflecting externally. There's not something shining on him and then making him bright. It's coming from in him from within him. What does that say for us? 
to put all the context clues of this gospel passage together, including this, what does that say for you and I, brothers and sisters? For you and I to inherit any kind of glory that comes from our faith, that comes from Christ, we have to examine ourselves. We have to look within us. We have to look at the state of our hearts and our minds and identify what cross is being placed on our shoulders. Is it a bad, toxic relationship? Is it friends that are causing us trouble? Is it a problem in our marriage? Is it some kind of financial hardship? Is it a horrible, dark addiction that's causing us to fall into sin over and over? All of these and more are forms of crosses that are placed on our shoulders. We have to identify these crosses and embrace carrying them because there's a point. There's something that comes after that cross, just like there is something that came after Jesus' cross. Just like in this Mass, the altar represents the tomb of Christ, but then represents His glorious throne. That's one way to imitate the sacrifice that we're seeing on the altar. To look at it and to know that it's not just about suffering. It's not just about the ugliness of humans killing God on the cross. There's something else that comes after, and that's the greatest victory that can ever be witnessed in mankind, the defeat of death itself. Brothers and sisters, to conclude, let's remember today as we approach the Eucharist and say and profess that we're in communion with the body and blood of Christ, let's remember the words of Pope St. Leo the Great, who said, the way of his cross must be our way as well. And likewise, his glory becomes the glory we share in as members of his body. Amen.